Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. What makes good advertising unforgettable? Jeff Goodby and Rich Silverstein, co-chairman of Goodby, Silverstein & Partners, break down how they created some of the most iconic ads of all time. Now on Masterclass.com and the Masterclass app. Learn from the best. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast, and we are fresh off the Super Bowl. Uh, we're recording this Sunday night, right after the Super Bowl. And uh, so forgive a little tiredness on our end, but we're going to try to share as many of our passionate opinions as we have about uh, about the game uh, this year. And of course, more importantly, the ads. Maybe talk about the halftime show. Anything else that jumped out with me, as always, is our co-host, Co-M. And uh, since I'm the designated survivor who kind of spent the night in a bunker uh, very far from Manhattan, why don't you uh, tell us... Uh, who all's in the room with you there, Co? Yeah, it was an action-packed night. And with me in our podcast room, we have Diana Pearl, our deputy brands editor, senior editor Doug Zanger, and chief of staff Jameson Fleming. So party of five. <laughs> thanks for thanks everyone for staying up and for uh, and for everything. Uh, all three of you were absolutely central uh, to Adweek's coverage this year uh, of the Super Bowl and uh, coordinating it all. We had many many people. Uh, Jameson, why don't you start by telling us about the war room that we had set up and how it maybe compared to previous rooms? Just how how it all went tonight. Yeah, so we were, I would say we were a pretty well-oiled machine tonight. We were very prepared coming into this game, I think mainly because we had more ads. Uh, we had at least seen more ads than I think we do in most years. We were only really surprised by a couple ads all night, uh, which is pretty unusual. And so we had about 30 people in the room, and I don't know, we, we ate, we had beers, we had some wine, we had cookie cakes. Yeah. Uh, it was calm, and it was it was, it was. was fun. And I don't think anybody was really stressed out except for Diana McDougall, our art director, who I don't think uh, really expected how many guests were going to come her way tonight. I did yell a couple <laughs> of times, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We did have, you yeah. know, by my count, 60 plus ads <clears throat> to look <throat> at and GIF. And Doug was in the center of our war room helping to judge and look at each of those. (laughs) (laughs) Judge. No, David helped out quite a bit. Minda Smiley helped out. And then the room helped out because, you know, we wanted to at least try to be fair. Yeah, And and there were a few, too, that I – we we would all kind of be a little conflicted, and it's like, well, let's give it a few seconds after it goes live and see whether Twitter like eats it alive. Or not, you know? <laughs> right. And I right. love that we live in this real time world where literally an ad can run, and then within about five seconds, you can be like, oh, people hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and I think that uh, to Jameson's point, we had seen so many of the ads in advance that you know we were probably a bit more prepared than than we realized we were, and. I think that's both good, but I also think that's not so great because I don't know. 
it felt a little meh overall, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, I'm, some I'm jumping of them, a couple of steps. Some ahead. of them, at least, Diana, you and I talked about um, how you got to, you know, go behind the scenes for Ole's Super Bowl ad, but then seeing it, you know, live and on the big screen was a different experience for you. Um, yeah, I just meant that seeing the ad on screen, you know, in its final form um, in the game was such a cool experience because I went on set um, at the end of last year and just seeing how much goes into every, you know, I saw Taraji B. Henson say, you know, this is Mission Control probably a hundred times. And she said, you know, a different iteration of that line, maybe 500 more times um, to see it all condensed into those 30 seconds. It was cool. I really felt like I was part of that process because I went to the editing suite and, you know, obviously I wasn't, you know, I didn't create the ad or anything, but I really was kind of along for the ride. So I, I, I should point out on the Olay one, uh, not to kind of dive right into, although, you know, let's do it. Let's dive right into the specifics. Um, but that one, when it was airing, and they mentioned Girls Who Code, of course, uh, being a big part of that ad. And uh, there was an eight-year-old girl, a friend of mine's daughter, who was in the room. And she and when they got to that part, she goes, oh, I know how to code. And, and you know, she looked around and she was like so excited. And, and I tweeted about that, you know, and, and uh, I think Olay retweeted it and, and it kind of got it, but it ended up being like for at least for stuff that I, I tweeted out that night, definitely the one that got the most uh, traction and, you know, got hundreds and hundreds of likes. And, and a lot of the people who were involved with the ad or who supported the ad's message were talking about that. But for me, just on a very direct level, that was so cool, you know, just to see a young girl like watching the Super Bowl ad and immediately resonating with her about like, oh, that's something I'm really passionate about. Uh, and, and you could tell the brand was really into that. So, hey, congrats to them. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, I feel like that's exactly the sort of reaction that they wanted. And I'm sure the LA team and the Badger and Winter team was very happy to see that tweet. So while we're on you, Diana, uh, you were really the kind of linchpin that was coordinating all of this uh, coverage uh, for the last few weeks and months in some cases. Uh, what was your favorite ad of the night? I really liked the Hyundai ad. Um, I'm not from Boston, but I love Boston accents. I just think they're kind of funny and charming. Um, so I just thought it was <laughs> like part funny, part charming. So I just thought this this ad was exactly that. It was funny. Um, it kept your interest, you know, even though it was 60 seconds long. Um, you know, some of the 60 seconds ads I think were, they dragged on a little bit, but this one didn't at all. I just, you know, it's one that you would, you'll you be talking about the next day and you want to rewatch. I, you know, the first time I watched it, I think I immediately watched it again and then watched it again. Um, so I think that was my favorite one. But I also really loved Google. It made me cry the first time I watched it. And I like the Microsoft one, too. Yeah, those are those are all excellent picks um, and made, made it into we did 10 top 10 ads this year. Every year we kind of, you know, wait until the end of the game to decide how many ads are we going to list as the best ads. Uh, and I'll be honest, sometimes the bigger that number is, that actually says more about how not great maybe the Super Bowl was because if there are five really amazing ads and you, and you do like, here are the five best ads, then that's like, these are the ones we're going to still... Re- when there's like not five great ones, it's actually easier to say, well, here are the 10 that were pretty great. <laughs> you know, that were, that were all around pretty good. And so this was a year where a lot of them were pretty good. Um, but I would say very few were just earnestly amazing. And and I always kind of try to judge by that. One is, are, is anyone going to be talking about this tomorrow? And then the real bar is, is anyone going to be talking about it, you know, a year from now? 
Um, and will it actually be remembered as one of the great Super Bowl ads? Uh, so with that bar, Jameson, did you feel any this year were, were that Super Bowl ad that will be talked about? and uh, Or which ones do you think will be the most talked about? And then also, which one do you think people will remember a year from now? I mean, I think the most talked about ones, definitely Jeep with Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, the Hyundai one. And then just planners, for better or worse, uh, you know, hashtag baby nut was all the rage <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter. And that's so a sentence wrong. I never thought I'd say, but here we are. Um, I mean, I think those are the three that people will talk about. I don't think any of them are iconic to the level of, you know, it's a tight ad in 2018 or the Bud Knight HBO Game of Thrones ad in 2019. Um, so we're not, we don't, we're not there with an iconic ad, but, you know, I thought overall the ads at the top, at the up, you know, the upper echelon of the Super Bowl were pretty good this year. People were happy to see the Bud Knight return, um, but either you really loved the baby nut or you were yeah. kind of yeah. let down. I think it was divisive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that he was he was brought back by the divine tears of the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> Me right. too. That was, I think, my favorite part of the ad. Right. The Kool Aid Man has magic tears. <laughs> well, we knew that when we were kids in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the fact the fact that he like he goes like, oh yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, was good. So well done. But that yeah, that was, was about the only part of that. I was just like, I, I think. Am I wrong in saying that it felt like the payoff just wasn't worth all this hype uh, no. of the building? No, definitely not. No, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, Baby Nut will probably be a grown-up nut by, like, next year. So I know. I'm curious, tomorrow? Tomorrow? Right. I'm curious tomorrow, if yeah. he will or they're going to try to, you know, ride this baby train, so to speak, and, you know, like, ride on the success of oh, Baby God. Yoda. No, don't and have... stop giving them advice. I think they know. <laughs> You're giving I them think suggestions. that's why they did it. No. That's their only way forward, as if they actually do a campaign for a long time about Baby, baby nut. nut. And, like, then teenage yet nut. Adolescent nut. Oh. God, it's too late. Toddler Diana, nut. Diana, too late why are you doing this? Baby nut Diana, over and over and over again. There's already a, an online store, so why not yeah. go through all the ages and stages? Exactly. We can grow up with the new nut. He's going to be like Groot. <laughs> like, we're just going to get like teenage <laughs> nut. And, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I have to stop saying this word. <laughs> Good call. They're going to end up on an FBI watch list. Like it's all. They, uh, it's like I think one of the, my favorite tweets of the night was, uh, "Do not look up the Urban Dictionary definition of <laughs> baby nut," uh, which is is generally good advice in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, let's uh, let's talk about some of the others. So I, I'll just quickly say, and then and then Doug, curious to get your thoughts. I, I think Jeep was definitely my favorite. It's the one we named mm-hmm. uh, the best ad of the game. Uh, I think for a few reasons. One is it's just great. It's just fun. Uh, it's perfectly done. It was one of several homages to movies. Uh, this year, you know, Mountain Dew recreated The Shining, uh, and uh, Squarespace had a you know nice homage to Fargo, and so there was quite a bit of that. Uh, but this one, they really kind of pulled out all the stops, and it reminded me in that sense of uh, when Matthew Broderick came back for Ferris Bueller uh, mm. with Honda. Except, you know, this is like Bill Murray, who does not do ads, and even said in one of the quotes, uh, this was my first ad, and it will be my last ad. And not in a bad way. He's just like, thanks, that was fun. I'm never doing this again. And so it felt momentous in that way. Like, like this is the only time he'll do it. And it was a good, and he didn't phone it in. Like he's, he's legit, uh, you know, really acting in it and having fun in it and, and reenacting the character in a fun way. I just, I, I thought it was one of the few ads that just made me really happy. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it was the only ad to really um, take advantage of Groundhog Day. It was, yeah, it was serendipity. 
And there are some people that say, oh, it's cheap. It's, well, you know, the eclipses don't happen every day either. So you, you got you to gotta take advantage of it. So you got to give credit to the brand and to the agency. Yeah, the, uh, the G-pad was from a Chicago agency called High Dive, which also did the Rocket Mortgage ad uh, with Jason Momoa. So, yeah, big night, big night for them. Chicago had a good night, though. Kramer Crassalt had uh, Porsche. Yeah. And that... <laughs> Chicago Diana. native over know, here. So. Right. <laughs> well, then I'll just leave it there if Diana's going to chime in like this. Of our top 10 ads, uh, three of them at yep. least were from Chicago agencies. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it was nice to see them. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Now on Masterclass.com, go behind the scenes with the greatest minds in advertising. Let Jeff Goodby and Rich Silverstein show you how to look at the world through a creative lens. Goodby and Silverstein join our 75-plus instructors. Stream now on Masterclass.com and the Masterclass app. Um, but what was interesting is, you know, we had some, we had some uh, international agencies, international to us, Droga 5 London with uh, Amazon, or as they like to say, Amazon before Alexa, with Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi. I think uh, we did, all agree that that was pretty good. Did y'all see that there is a follow-up to that? That they aired a little while? Like, yeah, we like saw maybe that. Jameson 30, shaking 40. his head. He hates it. I, the didn't, I didn't hate it. No, you I mean, have no I soul. thought the, the traveling through time, I thought that was fun. I just didn't like the premise. Like, what we, you, we what remember you, what no, Am- life was no. like without Amazon. Listen. Half of America doesn't even have an Alexa yet. Listen, it's, it's a still, silly premise. Listen, it's still a speaker to say, Play my favorite John Mayer song. That's all it is still right now. You gotta try to stretch this out. Yeah, I, yeah, I just thought compared ambitious. to their, their previous two spots. On, on Amazon? No, Do I don't even. Any? I don't even no. have an Alexa. Okay. I, I just thought compared to the last just two years that were home runs. Enjoy this was the entertainment. Like a single that they stretched into a double. I'm in baseball oh. mode now. It's baseball yeah. season. I at do this also point. think even just the idea of like, what did I do before Alexa? You mean what? three years ago? Well, what I do today, yeah. I still yeah. was a little right. too early. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Do you remember the dark ages where we actually had to pull out our phone and oh, tell gosh. things to do? Remember things? when we had to go to the store? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. But it was just, listen, the Super Bowl is meant to be entertaining. That's, that's it. And it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Yeah. If you're well, looking it, through that lens, Jameson, it was, it was funny. This is just, the kind it, of debate that was happening I, this is when I was actually yelling. Mm-hmm. I just feel like yeah. if we're going to rank it third, it should have a better premise. I, it's not. I mean, it was good. It'd probably be in like top ten or fifteen. Did you listen I just to what Griner said? Just five. overall, it wasn't the best crop of ads. Yeah, this it year. was. Like, it was like nine ads tied for second. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch you of know. participant ribbons. You know, I, I, I really, I think the Alexa one actually grew on me. Um, I think you have to just assume and go along with the fact that they. They're ha- they're they're being a little self deprecating with the like of course of course we remember you know life before Alexa it literally has only been you know a few months or years for for most people and so I, I like that they were just like oh wow do you remember when we couldn't we couldn't ask our thermostat <laughs> to change right. and then it's like and then they just went went all out and I liked seeing the 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 rodent guy from uh, Fleabag uh, seeing him in something else and nice to yes. know that. He has totally normal teeth, and that was obviously a prosthetic. Oh, yep, yep. But uh, 
Grinder yeah. taking us far afield once again. No, no, it's a good, it's a good little, little, little details. It's little things. Uh, so, Co, you haven't talked much about about your favorites. Tell us some of the others that you really liked. Well, this was my first Super Bowl working um, as somebody kind of now is, who's in industry. Um, so, I want to first talk about the ones that fell flat for me. Oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah, and, and, okay. and you have to remember, okay. I come from you know more of a production background and having oh, worked yeah. a little bit with uh, some of these agencies. All right, here we so go. I guess you know Facebook felt a little <laughs> flat. You know, um, to your point, uh, Reese's Take Five did grow on me a little bit. Um, even though at first I wasn't sure with the teaser. Um, I wasn't too touched by the Tide ads. It, it was it was an interesting um, <laughs> attempt. It was an interesting attempt. I love how diplomatic you've yeah. been. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was really surprised by Disney+. Plus. Uh, we didn't expect that to – I mean we kind of expected it to come in. But um, and maybe it's my my Marvel universe uh, uh, like that that leans me into to how they kind of put three um, characters and storylines together. Hard Rock was a hard no. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just I was expecting more from a Michael Bay production. Uh, the the pacing was off. Yeah. They did have to make some some last minute edits to that one. Right. I know they yeah. did some changes <clears throat> post. Right. Yeah, Kobe but you know whatever death, they edited but... out after Kobe Bryant's death, I don't think could have made that ad. Yeah, make a, make a lot. Definitely right. not. Right. Agreed. They still right. pulled you know a Rod's face off to reveal Khaled, and they still had a blinged out cup. Um, she does mm-hmm. actually have that cup. That's like an actual thing what? on her Instagram. Yeah. Oh. She's that doesn't surprise Pro- props me. Props for that. At least. Yeah, she put on a great show. Um, some of which I missed because I was on LinkedIn. <laughs> but um, you know that was a, a win for for the NFL. So what do you want? Do you want to hear other ads? Do, do Coca Cola Energy. You didn't like? No, I hated it too. No. no, and it's sad because you know they're actually. I mean, you got really Martin Scorsese. Yeah, and, and you got and, Martin Scorsese in an ad, and, and just, just, just let them roll. Just let them roll. Yeah. It's yeah. overscripted. It was the same thing with Chrissy Teigen and John That's Legend. That's exactly oh, what I was going to say, them. too. The joke's so overscripted. And that so ad was so, yeah, it was so weird. And it's like you have two funny and very dynamic people. You know, you'd think that she could sell anything, and this just fell totally it flat. It's totally like they flat. tried to make her do stand-up, heckling the crowd, and then gave her bad material. Yeah. Oh, excellent analogy. Yeah. Very yes. good. That was probably my least favorite of the yeah. whole night. Oh, well, what about Quibi, though? I think we set aside 20 minutes for that. Qu- Quibi <laughs> was a six-second concept that they stretched into 30 seconds. Yeah. Not good. The bank heist. Ooh, all right. The getaway car is not coming. Ooh, okay, we okay. got the bit. Let's do 24 more seconds of it. I will say in Quibi's defense. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I, boy. I do think it was a good way to introduce the concept of what is a Quibi. Right, but people, people might think that that's a social platform as opposed to a, a content, a streaming content network. That's true. That's That's, that's going to be very confusing to people. Yeah. And, and maybe I'm, I, listen, I knew, I'm very so. pro Jeffrey Katzenberg. I think he's, I've interviewed him several times and I think he's great, but. Yeah. I don't know. All right, yeah. what else didn't we like? 
Um, let's oh, see. Oh, Michelob, Michelob Gold. Gold. Yeah. Do I get to talk about yes, that one? Jameson yes, Jameson gets to talk about this. <laughs> tell, and he deserves math. Before we start this, he de- Jameson deserves all the credit in digging up all this math. So they said they donate money to turn farmland into organic farmland, six square feet for every six pack. They said a hundred million. If every football fan watches it, that's enough to like turn America's farmland into organic farming. A hundred million people buying a six pack is thirteen thousand acres, which is less than the size of Manhattan. Is that even of legal drinking age, by the way? That's that's a good point. And then somebody tweeted at me with more math that said there was fine print that said they'd only do up to a million dollars. And it was even less than like it was like less than the size of an average American farm, which is 444 acres. So basically they are doing nothing to help turn American farmland into organic farmland. And then they spent five point six million dollars telling America they were hoping nobody would catch on. Yeah. Uh, that, so we, yeah, that's investigative journalism. By yeah, there we well go. Done. Right there. Well done. It's like right. the worst form of greenwashing I think I've ever seen a brand do. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Not, and it was just a very blah ad to top it all off. Right. So, right. Yeah. Too cliche. Yeah. But they're honestly, like I know we've said there didn't feel like there was that real standout, like the it's a Tide ad or it's the Bud Night. But I do feel like most of them weren't awful. No. I feel like I enjoyed most of them. They were pleasing to the eye and the yeah. ear at some point. And fun and, you know, well, maybe uh, smile. Can, can we talk about the, um, the, oh, wow, do I not even remember what it is? Audi, right? Um, with, oh, uh, yes, Maisie Williams. just kidding. Williams. I hated that one, too. Yeah, <laughs> Maisie Williams and, and Let It Go, which I love Maisie Williams. I, I like Audis. I my kids, I've, I've my typically daughter liked it. I enjoyed her rendition of Let It Go. Yeah, it's good. And that's, I mean, that's a fun song to Pick, but like, why hey, that that song was just? Str- I mean, that ad was just stressful, right? It's just a bunch <laughs> of like, it's, it's just a bunch of like noise, and then and then uh, and then at the end, it, like it ends on her saying, "The cold never bothered me anyway." And after like showing all this sweltering heat, and you're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how all these parts go together. Like it just right. felt like a pile of. It's weird, yeah, weird and stuff. Maisie Williams singing that song would be amazing if it were in the Masked Singer promo instead of being in an Audi ad. That would be the crossover. I would. Oh, see. if you were driving in like a llama costume and singing. No, no, Let no. It go? Like she should be in the Masked Singer. It shouldn't have even been an Audi ad oh. to start. Yeah. So I forgot. Maisie Williams singing ad. singing anything. All four premise putting her in in a vehicle driving. Eh. See, Doug, what you don't realize is there were so many mass Singer promos during the game that this podcast is actually just one big Singer <laughs> promo. promo. It's yeah. like the Rick and Morty ad. We're just, in just, a, yeah. a mass oh, Singer promo. Okay. Just keeps going. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Fire up the John Mayer for me. Uh, actually, well, let, go ahead. Uh, oh, no, no, you go ahead. I actually um, was surprised at how amenable I was to the Sabra ad because I thought I was going to hate it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was sweet. Oh. I mean, you know, it was. That was one of the few ads I missed. Yeah, it was a pop of color everywhere. Yeah, you can sit this one out, Jameson. (laughs) My one complaint about Sabra, I definitely thought it was very visually appealing with the monochromatic colors. Um, I do think to have that many famous people in an ad, they didn't quite have enough recognizable famous people. You know what I mean? It was a lot of influencers right. who yeah. you just maybe wouldn't know. And they had some. It was like, like they, they were trying wrong. to hit every single demo. Yeah. Right? Like and the TikTok people, the um, T-Pain people. Yeah. It, it felt right. like maybe a 
third or half of them were recognizable and the rest, it was a little like, who? And maybe that's the point. They want you to go back and watch it again. and Or the production budget. Yeah, and <laughs> learn who those people are. But that was one thing I think they maybe could have done a, a little better. Yeah, and, but, and that one and Hard Rock were both from VaynerMedia, um, which we did a whole bonus episode about, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talking about that. But, like, now that we've seen those ads, which we had not, we had not seen before tonight, uh, before the Super Bowl, we had not seen Hard Rock nor Sabra. And, or P- Mr. Peanut, their third ad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good yeah. point. They, they yeah. held all three back. And, like, they really do, I think, I, I think they just cram too many people into these concepts. And it just made, for Hard Rock, it just made it confusing. Like, it, the premise could have been okay. But at some point, it's just, like, all these random celebrities just, like, sticking their head in, you know, that have nothing to do with anything. And in Sabre, it was just like, okay, that's the whole premise. That's it. It's just colors and celebrities, and they're eating hummus. And you're just like, all right. It's, it was fun to look at. And then with, with Hard Rock, it was just, and I just, I don't know. I feel like maybe this is the kind of ads I used to worry when all these talent agencies like Endeavor and stuff started making ads. I, I worried that every ad would be like this. Like with CAA was making ads and it's like, I just, <laughs> that this this was the doom <laughs> that I predicted. <laughs> and it ended up coming by way of VaynerMedia instead. But um, but yeah, it's just it's just too much. Just dial it back. And, and that's Groundhog Day again. It was just... Yeah, there. I mean, there's a few people in there. They're all from Groundhog Day. But I mean, the big thing is that it's Bill Murray, and you can just kind of watch it and enjoy it, and not have to piece together. And the Jason Momoa one, I thought was really nice. Uh, it was creepy and weird, um, but we were all like laughing about it, talking about it, and I love the fact that someone who's that good looking can just be willing to make himself look ridiculous. Uh, you know, which he's not the first to do it, but good on him. Yeah, it's like reverse I'm Captain sorry. America. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's in contrast to, um, you know, to your point also, like with Mountain Dew, you know, you just have um, two stars and they really, you know, also do kind of a a movie homage. Yeah. Um, But then you also had, you know, a a bunch of ads um, promoting, quote unquote, real people, right? And using um, true stories. So everything from politics to talking about 5G. Um, Right. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about political ads because that was certainly one of the other, um, you know, I don't know if trends if two makes a trend, but we had um, <laughs> Trump and Bloomberg both in there, um, and so it was like dueling, you know, multimillionaires. Uh, I, I can't say I really um, loved either ad. I thought Bloomberg's was a little more compelling, but that might just be because all, all Trump has. I mean, Trump. I, I think what bothered me about Trump's ad, setting aside you know, my personal opinions on, on either of these candidates is that, you know, he really leaned into this idea of reuniting families, which felt very brazen uh, for an administration that has, has really kind of been pretty blunt about separating families, uh, thousands of families at the border, uh, which, you know, I, I still think is a pretty abhorrent policy. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's one that they've stood behind for whatever reason, but still, you know, to make an ad uh, that was all about, uh, reuniting families. I, I don't know. Just it felt it felt like a bit of like a thumb in the eye. But uh, what what did you all think of the political ads tonight? I thought one thing I thought was really interesting is that they both featured um, black women as sort of the hero character. 
Um, mm. And, you know, everyone talks about and it's it's very true how powerful of a, you know, voting block black women are. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was very interesting that both candidates um, on either sides of the aisle reaching out to black women with these spots um, and really putting them at the center. But I completely agree with everything you said, Griner. Um, it definitely felt a little tone deaf and kind of just weird from Trump. <laughs> yeah. And, and we expected, um, you know, uh, two ads from the Trump campaign. Right. And Jameson, we only saw mm. one of them. Um, I think our reporter, Sarah. Broke another promise. Yeah. So yeah. Sarah Jardy, our publishing editor, who has also kind of become our politics editor, uh, she got the scoop uh, after the game that we only saw one Trump ad because it was supposed to be a 60 second ad. They before the game released a 30 and then debuted a 30 during the game. Well, it turns out Fox couldn't accommodate two 30-second ads because they wanted to wrap them in fact Fox promos so that brands didn't have to be next to a political ad. And oh, so they couldn't oh, get that yeah. second 30-second ad in the game anywhere. And so that's why you saw it after the game and uh, you know Trump's administration or campaign you know, committee still tried to pass it off as a Super Bowl ad, but – it was, in fact, just a post-game ad that they did not have to pay the $5.6 million for, most likely, mm-hmm. uh, which means that Bloomberg likely outspent Trump in the Super Bowl. So he wins? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, – I thought packaging of a placement of ads was was n- – notable in certain times like we, we've talked about google we haven't really gone deep on that one uh the google ad was a very touching story you know of of, of an elderly man asking google to help him remember uh details about his relationship with his wife uh who obviously we assume is, has passed away uh he might have alzheimer's and maybe he's being proactive about you know preserving those memories or they, they left some of that open to interpretation but it is it is a heavy ad, and it's a hard one to watch, and and it went over really well at the party I was at, and I think our team really all loved it. It was it was the one ad I think that consistently everyone mentioned uh, when we were talking about it afterward. But then it was like the Google ad ran, and then the Sabra ad ran, which was very tonally very different, of course. And then the WeatherTech ad ran about a dog with cancer. Yeah, <laughs> sad, <laughs> fun. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. such a roller coaster of a of a break, and we're all just kind of in, at this party. I was at. Everyone's just kind of looking at each other, like well, that was a weird, <laughs> weird commercial break. But it does highlight that like those placements really do make a difference. It's kind of the context in which you see the ad, and like kind of sets your headspace uh, going into it. Um, I, th- I feel like I noticed that more than than usual, but well, we should uh, probably wrap up. It, it is it is late as we record this, and uh, we still have a lot more to do. I uh, definitely encourage everyone, of course, to check out adweek.com. We have so much coverage, uh, so many stories that we posted uh, during the game, after the game, before, and and lots of. So if if there was an ad you liked or that you're curious to learn more about, chances are very very good uh, that it is on our site, and you can read all, uh, all sorts of stuff about it. Uh, but uh, thank you to each of you for making time for sticking around and for all your hard work on the Super Bowl. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's do it again next year. <laughs> Would love to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, I am David Greiner for Adweek. Big thanks to Jameson Fleming, Diana Pearl, Co-M, and Doug Zanger for making time tonight. Uh, and uh, we will be back very soon. 
Our theme music is by Home. This week's episode was produced by uh, Co M with production assistance by Josh Rios. Uh, if you have not, uh, please leave a review for us on Adway on Apple Podcasts or uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, if you ever want to reach out to us, we're at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. Uh, we will be back soon. 